재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Well, today in celebration of TBS EFM's 7th birthday, we have invited a very special guest. Pascal Lamy, former head of the World Trade Organization and now honorary president of Notre Europe Jacques Delors Institute. As we know, trade is a big issue around the world, including recently these mega regional trade agreements have been on the rise, such as the Trans-Pacific Partnership. It is something that Korea has a very big decision to make shortly as well. So we want to get some insights as well as uh, an expert analysis on one of the foremost experts on world trade, Mr. Lamy, joining us on the phone. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, My pleasure. Really appreciate your time. Uh, this trend that we're seeing, uh, regional trade agreements, uh, it seems like it's been on the rise in recent years. Why do you feel more countries are seeking to join these regional trade blocs? Well, if you look at the history of trade opening for the last 50 years, we've always had a coexistence, sort of parallel way of opening trade multilaterally, regionally, bilaterally. Mm-hmm. So in a way, there's nothing much new in that. Uh, what's new is that the number of countries who have an interest in opening trade and who are more interesting trade partner than in the past as well. And this is mostly stemming from the fact that many small economies are now getting bigger. They trade more, hence the interest of these bilateral or regional trade agreements, which I repeat have always been there. They, do you feel that this is not something necessarily that is mutually exclusive to the wider goals of the World Trade Organization to have a comprehensive uh, multilateral agreement as far as uh, more and more of these regional trade agreements uh, being made? I mean, that's a, that's a good point, and it's, uh, it's uh, heavily debated by uh, trade academics. <laughs> as a practitioner, uh, my own view on that is that uh, if you look at facts and results, There is nothing like a contradiction uh, between opening trade multilaterally, regionally, bilaterally. On this, I'm uh, like the uh, Chinese, uh, don't uh, mind the color of the cat, whether multilateral, regional, bilateral, provided it catches mice which are obstacles to trade. You have uh, said once in an, uh, in another interview that the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership, which there's been so much media attention uh, being given upon that, the actual importance of the TPP for the global economy would be modest. Uh, can you explain why you feel that way? Well, my view is that if you look at the trade liberalization, trade opening content of the Trans-Pacific Partnership, there's, there's not to be quantum down there, not least because it's a very wide agreement, many countries, very different levels of development, quite a large number of exceptions, and at the end of the day, the U.S. didn't want to pay a lot in terms of trade opening because they have problems with uh, having this agreed in in Congress by by their parliament. So the geoeconomic impact of the Trans-Pacific Partnership is, in my view, quite small and probably smaller than the way it's been trumpeted by the signatories, you know, who need to uh, excite their domestic constituencies. But, right. but geopolitically, uh, it is something which is important because it gives to the U.S. a sort of supremacy over the way 
trade rules in the future, and notably in the services, in areas like intellectual property, in areas like the digital economy. This creates a situation where the U.S. will be, in a way, the reference for trade regulation, uh, which is, I think, an important investment in the future for that. Yeah, very important point indeed. Uh, maybe more so than the actual effect on trade volume or even the economies, uh, this uh, battle for uh, global hegemony or even uh, here in East Asia where the U.S. would still like to maintain its influence. Uh, the TPP is certainly a very important agreement. Uh, for South Korea, as as you know, uh, they have been very aggressive in signing many bilateral FTAs, including the one with the EU, uh, the United States, just to name a few. They are... Um, a little bit on the fence as far as TPP. They have officially said they do want to join TPP, um, but uh, there is, of course, the usual back and forth as far as uh, how to go about doing it. What do you think Korea's uh, stance should be as far as the TPP is concerned? If I remember well, uh, South Korea would not have any real difficulty in joining TPP in terms of trade opening. Mm -hmm. But for some problems in uh, agriculture and, uh, and fisheries, uh, like Japan has had problems joining TPP on uh, food, uh, farm, uh, rice, uh, and fish. And that's where Korea would probably have a bit of a problem. Uh, I think the main question is, again, it's not economics, it's geopolitics. Mm -hmm. Is Korea uh, ready to join something uh, which is a sort of U.S.? Pacific Rim, which excludes China, mm. which might be a problem for China, although this question whether China should join the TPP is also there uh, within, the, within the Chinese system. I mean, is uh, Korea ready to join these prescriptions on uh, trade and environment, on trade and labor, on trade and corruption, which are rather strong uh, in, uh, in the Trans-Pacific Partnership? Again, I think it's, it's more a political question than uh, an economic question. Uh, so it's not so much, you know, the sort of freer trade component as the alliance with the, with the U.S. and notably the impact of this on the relationship with China. There are other countries in the region who haven't joined TPP, uh, like uh, Indonesia, for instance. Korea is involved in this regional economic partnership together with China and the ASEAN, uh, that's maybe the way Korea can join through the back door the Trans-Pacific Partnership. For Korea, exports and trade are indeed such a huge and crucial part of its economy. Um, maybe I think some of the detractors here domestically would say maybe too much so, but you, you pointed out those sensitivities uh, just like Japan, but Korea as well uh, with agriculture, particularly rice, and they've had uh, difficulty with the uh, WTO and, and the opening of their rice markets. It, 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 if you are a Korean politician, it does seem like a very difficult choice, it, it, does it not, as far as how to deal with the agriculture industry? I mean, it does. I know it's always the same uh, dilemma. Uh, either you get uh, better prices for consumers uh, or you get uh, more satisfaction with farmers. And that's a question of, you know, how the uh, uh, 
uh, rural populations are represented uh, in national politics and how urban populations are represented in politics. And it happened that in the Korean political system, farmers have, let's say, a rather high leverage as compared uh, to, uh, to urban inhabitants. There are concerns around the world as far as economic uncertainty. Um, we have the situation with China, perhaps a slowdown there, but also, uh, of course, uh, most of the world uh, paying their condolences to those tragic uh, terror attacks in Paris. Uh, do you feel that that kind of a presence, that kind of a looming danger and fear will have a significant impact on global trade? Well, what, what we've known by experience is that uh, this sort of shock, and I'm talking about uh, these attacks in uh, Paris and, uh, by the way, elsewhere around the uh, Mediterranean uh, region, uh, this Russian play that was down, what happened in Lebanon, mm -hmm. what we know is that this sort of shock always translates into a blip in uh, growth because of tourism, uh, decrease uh, numbers, uh, because of people you know, not going shopping for some time. Usually, usually, this is uh, only what we've known is that there is a reduction, but it's not, it doesn't have a long-term effect. Now, this time, uh, we, we don't know. It mm -hmm. may be, it may be that if the feeling is that the situation remains unsafe, uh, if the feeling is that there's not yet the sort of reaction that would give to the populations uh, the certainty that this dash people uh, will, uh, <clears throat> will disappear at some stage, we don't know. And mm -hmm. that's something which, you know, uh, the uh, international community, if there's something like the international community has to cope with, and, you know, we will have an occasion to look at that and get a feeling of how much solidarity and reaction there is uh, on the occasion of the uh, environment uh, big negotiations which will take place in Paris in a fortnight from now. Uh, that's probably the United Nations gathering that will test the proper answer to your question. Certainly, uh, as you say, uh, that long-term, uh, I suppose, view still remains to be answered as far as uh, what will those effects be. What do you feel is the future role for the World Trade Organization uh, despite all those uh, long-term uncertainties? Well, the World Trade Organization remains the central place where world trade is regulated in the direction of more opening, and it's it's a universal organization. You probably have 90 six or ninety seven of world trade now within the organization. That's the place where trade disputes are adjudicated in a fair, credible, legitimized way. So it will remain the center. But around the center uh, there has been in the past and there will be other ways of getting to this fundamental objective, uh, which is uh, more open trade, which usually under a number of conditions, and this is not automatic, that uh, translates into more growth and more uh, welfare for populations, provided, of course, this uh, growth is uh, properly shared, which is not something which has to do with WTO, but with domestic systems. Now, 
That's, I think, the way for the future, understanding that obstacles to trade are changing. Uh, in the past, they were mostly about protecting uh, domestic producers from foreign competition, and this has been reduced constantly for the last decade. In the future, obstacles to trade probably stem more from measures, the purpose of which is to protect the consumer from risks, which is what I call the universe of precaution, and there the solution is not uh, eliminate the measure, the solution is uh, uh, make sure that the differences in the measure, the way the Koreans, the Americans, the Europeans ensure their food safety, for instance, or mm. safety of their lighters, or their cars, or their telecoms, or their banking, that's, in my view, the real issue for the future. Certainly a lot to think about there, and we really do appreciate uh, your time. Uh, thank you once again for joining us, and best of luck to you, sir. Okay, my pleasure. That was our special guest, Pascal Lamy, former World Trade Organization Director General. Let's get another check of traffic and weather.